And I'm very excited and thankful to be here doing church with you guys today. We are on part three of a message that we started a couple weeks back titled Brothers Keeper. Y'all say that with me, Brothers Keeper. A lot of y'all been paying attention and I'm thankful for that. So I'm going to try my best, somebody say best, to put a cherry on top of this thing and, and get us out of here fired up and engaged, actively moving in the kingdom of God, loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. So as we kick this off, we've really been inviting each other to go deeper with our relationship with God. Get this. God wants us to go deeper relationship with Him by going deeper in relationship with others. Y'all see that? With each other, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And get this. Really, it's my relationship with others that reflects how healthy my relationship with God is. See, if I have a lot of dysfunctional relationships, or maybe I don't have any relationships, that's not good either. You know, the most dangerous place for a believer or a Christian to be is? Alone. Doing life alone, battling storms alone. And so God wants us to go deeper with Him. Y'all, you got to be in relationship with Him every single day through prayer, through His Word, through worship. And we got to be in relationship with each other. And so God wants us to grow together to help keep our brothers and sisters accountable to love and encourage and to run alongside of. And when you and I relationship growing together, then guess what can happen? Now we can go together. We grow together and we go together. And now heaven meets earth and real amazing things happen. Real people's lives are changed. Right? And awesome signs, miracles, and wonders begin to happen. And so God is challenging us and inviting us to be our brother's keeper. And this is for somebody. I wanted to share this last week. And you know, when I get up here sometimes, I got so much I want to say, I forget things. And so this is the challenge for you and for me. We might say, Pastor Ian, I hear what you're saying. I, I know you, God calls me to be my brother's keeper and and maybe I want to do that. I want to, I want to be in, involved in my friends and my, my sisters in Christ's life. But there's this, this challenge that we have. I don't want to, what's the word I'm looking for? Not impede somebody's life. But I don't want to come uninvited, so to speak. Right? I don't want to get in your business. Right? This is the challenge that you and I have. Hey, and that's not what I'm trying to get us to do. That's not what God wants us to do. He wants us just to love, encourage, and say, hey, it's as simple as this. Hey, maybe I noticed something's going on in your life. Just say, hey, I love you. Is there a way I can pray for you? Is there anything going on in your life that I can do to help you? It's as simple as that, right? No offense, no challenge, and Nine times out of ten, that person is going to respond to that open invitation that we set, where we just invite the Holy Spirit to use us and to speak through us, right? So that's what we've been talking about. I'm excited to go deeper. Somebody say deeper. And so let's go ahead and get started. Look at that foundational scripture that we used. It comes out of Genesis 4, 9, and it's the story of Cain and Abel. And for time's sake, if you don't know that story, it's real quick. Cain and Abel both offered sacrifices to God. God accepted Abel's sacrifice because it was the first and best of his fruit. He rejected and denied Cain's sacrifice because he gave him the leftovers, pretty much. 
And so, but what we talked about is the response that Cain did with his brother. And so at verse 9, it says, Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's keeper? Y'all say that real sarcastic, like, with me. Am I my brother's keeper? Right? Did God ask Cain where his brother was because he didn't know? No. He knew. And in our lives, God asks us to things that we've done wrong, not because he doesn't know that we did them, but because he wants us to acknowledge them as sin. And so have y'all answered the question that I gave you on week one? I said, are you killing your brother or are you keeping your brother? Because we said none of us would admit to killing our brother, right? I hope no one in here would kill anybody. But I challenged us and said a lot of us are assisting and aiding and abetting in the killing of our brothers and sisters simply by the fact of us saying, not now, God. I'm too busy, God, ignoring the signs, knowing, seeing somebody struggling and just saying, Maybe we don't say it like Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? But maybe I say, I'm too busy today. And the end result is exactly the same. I may not be physically killing my brother, but what am I spiritually doing to them? If the Holy Spirit has impressed upon me to reach out and to help and to love and to serve, and if I'm rejecting and ignoring that voice, I'm killing my brother. I'm not helping him or her. And so have you answered that question? Are you killing your brothers and sisters or are you actively engaged in helping them, keeping them? Because we said, look at that next point. As Christians, as believers... We have a moral and spiritual responsibility, right, to be our brother's keeper. We're commanded to love one another as Jesus loved us. Who's thankful God loves you? How does God show his love? Through his son who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And so if I'm thankful that Jesus loved me, there's something inside me that has to spark, that has to ignite the love of God that knows if I'm loved by God, I got to show others the love of God. It's our moral responsibility. It's our spiritual responsibility. And we said the heart of a Christian, of a believer, who wants to help keep his brothers and sisters is this. A brother's keeper does whatever it takes to keep a brother and sister inside the will of God. Inside the will of God. If I see them struggling, I see them hurting, I see them broken... There's an opportunity for that believer to say, you know what, this is too hard. This is getting too hard. I'm going to try something else. Jesus ain't working. Right? And if God wants to use me to help keep that person in the kingdom of God, I better respond. Come on, somebody. God wants to use us, all different members of the same body, to help other members of the body that are hurting, that are suffering, to help Kingdom wins to help that believer, to help God help keep us, our brothers and sisters, intact and to provide, excuse me, that love, that support, that encouragement, that ministerial care that God wants to provide through each and every one of us. I said this week one, I'm going to say it again because it's, it's really good, I think. 
because I said, you don't need a position inside this church. You don't need a title inside this church. You don't need to be on the stage at the back platform stage to be able to provide ministerial care. If you believe in Jesus and your relationship with him, through the Holy Spirit, God can use you. And if he's speaking to you to help encourage and love your brother and sister, please do so. Don't be that person that says, you know what? It's Pastor Ian's job to love and support and to care and to pray for and to call and to text. Don't be that person. Don't be that Christian. Don't be that member of the body of Christ. Don't be too busy. Don't be too ignorant. Don't be too oblivious to the fact that other people are hurting, going through stuff. We said the challenge for us is our faith has to be has to stop being about me, myself, and I, and my Jesus. Yes, you need to cultivate that relationship every day, but we can't be so self-centered and so self-focused on my, my stuff. We all got stuff that I'm missing. Amen. The opportunities to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Right? It's our responsibility to help keep our brothers and sisters inside the will of God. Because guess what's trying to take them outside the will of God? Everything. Everything. Sin, Satan, self, the devil, Netflix, YouTube, TikTok, everything. The news. The person at work is trying to get them outside the will of God. Why would all of us not do anything, even lift a finger to help keep them inside? The blessing of God. It's our responsibility. Look at 1 Peter 4, 7. Through 10. So what we've done the last two weeks is use this scripture, 1 Peter 4, 7 through 10, to use the word of God, use scripture as the challenge and the key for us to provide this ministerial care. There's practical things and ways that we can live, practical things that we can use to love our brothers and sisters, right? So look at verse 7. It says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your Prayers. Highlight that, underline that. We talked about prayer last week. Verse 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. We kicked this thing off week one talking about deep love. And it says, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share. Somebody say share. That's what we're going to talk about today. Your home with those who need a meal or a place to say, God has given you each a gift of his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well. To serve. Somebody say serve. Serve one another. If you're watching online, put that in the chat. To serve one another. So we said, using the scripture, this is how we provide that ministerial care. That's how we help keep our brothers and sisters encouraged, charged up in the faith, protected in the faith. We show deep love. We pray for them. We said last week that when I come along somebody and I ask them how I can pray for them, what happens? Their burdens become my burdens. Right? That's how I show deep love. I say, I'm invested in you. I'm coming alongside you. Your tests, your trials are now my tests and my trials. How can I wage war and fight in the heavenly realms for you through prayer and through faith? Right? We talked about that last week. Week one, we talked about showing deep love. Jesus said to love one another as I have loved you. We need to love God and love people, right? Amen. Loving God and loving people. And so what we're going to do today, look at that next point is, we're going to talk about the sharing and the service that God wants to provide through his children. 
through you and through me. And it says there at the end in verse 10 there, to use them, speaking of your spiritual gifts, to serve what? One another. To serve one another. So look at what that first point says, that first new point today on your outline. It says, we become our brother's keeper when we share and serve one another in love. Sharing and serving go hand in hand. You can't share without serving and you can't serve, excuse me, without sharing. Service is really an extension of what you share. Service and serving through my sharing is how we can affect real people's lives. When we share and serve what we have, it can be what? It can be felt. It's tangible. We say all the time that we don't want to just tell people that we love them. We want to show them, right? Your service and your sharing is how you show them. And when you share and you serve another person, I guarantee you, no matter where they're at, how they're feeling, they're going to they're gonna f- begin to feel better. Not just about their lives and their circumstances. Maybe they're in a tough place. And maybe, you know what the smallest thing you can share and serve in is just your time. Just lending an ear. If you say, I don't have a whole lot of resources. You got the resources of heaven, by the way, if you didn't know. You just got to enact them and call on them in Jesus' name. But we can share anything as small as, as our time, 10, 15-minute phone call, uh, a 30-minute to an hour dinner to sit and catch up and to, to check up and to, 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 to do relationship and to do life together. You know, we said last week, maybe, maybe there's somebody in need of a, a vehicle or a car or, or, or for some money to help pay bills. And the Holy Spirit wants to use you to provide and share and serve that person. Maybe you have a car that's just sitting in the driveway, not, not being used. And what happens when we become the hands and feet of Jesus? Now we meet a need. And what happens when you meet the need of that person that's in a desperate place? And when you give it to them, you say, I just want to tell you I love you. I've been praying for you. I've been seeing your struggle. I felt like the Lord. When you say that, I felt like the Lord wanted me to give this to you. Has anybody ever done anything like that? A couple hands. What happens? Man, blessings. Broken down, crying, snotting, rejoicing. When you become the answered prayer, come on, somebody. When you were obedient and slowed down enough to listen and allow God to use you to help share and serve somebody in eating. I know this sounds corny and cheesy. I think there was a, an infomercial or, or a slogan or some coming. It, it was real short and simple, but I'm going to go ahead and borrow it today. Sharing is caring. Amen. Right? Write that down. It might be corny and cheesy, but it's, it's what it is. Sharing is caring. It's how I show my love and care and deep devotion for others. And, uh, you know, Xander's about to be two next month already. Uh, and we got Bodie. He's a little over a month old. And so I was just thinking this week about sharing uh, and caring. And Xander, his whole little world's been flipped upside down a little bit. He's still blessed beyond any measure, that kid. But uh, he's learning. He's having to share. And Bodie's already got a bunch of stuff that's his now. He's got this little thing. He sits under a little mobile. And uh, Xander thinks it's his. 
And uh, the Lord just showed me, I'm never going to use my son to, as an example to not be like Xander, but what we need to do is, see, Xander's just a baby, right. even though he's about to be two. He, he doesn't know any better. Right. A lot of us, we know better. And the Holy Spirit has been on you. And you know better. And so the Lord just reminded me, Ian, are you a mature believer? Or are you a baby? Right? Because we're not going to turn the world upside down for the gospel of Jesus Christ if we're a bunch of babies. We need to get past whatever it is. If it's pride, if it's insecurity, if it's you fill in the blank. We're all in different places, different seasons. If God's trying to use you, let him use you. Be the mature one. Extend that hand. Be that service. Share those things. Right? If there's anything that you have that you can share for his glory, share it to help somebody in need. Right? Look at Acts 2. We're going to read verses 42 through 47. And what's so cool about this verse is this is right in the beginning of Acts. This is literally the church of Jesus Christ in its infant stages. We're talking about baby stages. And what's so cool is the church is literally just starting, but they still get it. They're not acting like babies. They're already acting like mature believers. I want to read this together and show you because they knew how real Jesus was. And how amazing their God was. Sharing and serving each other was just something that they did. It just poured out of them. Sharing and service has to just pour out of us, guys. If we believe in Jesus, right? Look look at verse 42. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to... What's it say? Sharing? Sharing. I want you to underline that. And meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met in one place, and there it is again, and they shared everything they had. They had sold their property and possessions, and they shared. Is there a theme in this? And they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for Lord's Supper, and... Oh my gosh, there it is again. Shared their meals with a great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. If you didn't already know it, as we just read through it, that passage of scripture, it says they shared four times. That they shared something together. It says it just in that short little chunk of scripture four times. And at the very end, did you catch what it said? It said in each day, new believers were added to the community. In week one, I said a lot of the things we talk about in church is what? Growth. We need to grow the church. Are we doing enough? Are we inviting people in? We need to grow the church, right? Anybody agree? We need to grow the church. It's important. But guys, we can never overlook the fact that we got to maintain what we got. We got to maintain the people that God has given us with how we maintain. We love them. We share. We serve them. But get this. Maybe the key to our growth 
is in our sharing. It's in our serving. It says they shared four times. In Acts 4, 42 through 47, what we just read. And at the very end, it says, And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So maybe the key to us growing our church is our sacrifice of service and our sacrifice of sharing what we have. That's why we do big events. We invite anybody from the community that will come. Here in a couple weeks, we're going to do our backpack and shoe drive. And we're going to be out there inviting anybody that wants to come. We're going to just literally bless our community. Kids who need backpacks, supplies, and shoes for school. We're going to give them cool stuff. Because I believe my God's a king. And he wants his children fully equipped if they want to have some MJs or some Adidas. We're not going to skimp and just go get some shoes from wherever. We're going to get them the good stuff. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to share the resources of heaven. Right? And maybe if we would do that, maybe the church would grow. Just imagine the people that were on the outskirts of where these gatherers, these new believers were gathering and sharing their homes and sharing bread and just loving and accepting and talking about God and talking about this Jesus dude. People were coming and flocking every day. Can you imagine what they were hearing? Man, there's this community of people. Man, they're sharing everything they got. They got the good stuff. I bet they came in droves. And they thought they were going to need a physical need, but God said, I got more. Somebody say more. I'm going to meet your physical needs, but I'm going to save you. I'm going to save your spirit. I'm going to send you somewhere at the end of the day, somewhere in eternity where you can rest. Because of your faith in my son. Right? We need to be the hands and the feet and to do whatever it takes to help share and serve and keep our brothers inside the will of God. Look at that next point. So being my brother's keeper for you and for me means we realize that what God has given us. We realize how blessed we are, if you got a neighbor, say, man, you are blessed. If you got two neighbors, tell your other one, man, you're super blessed. Put it in the chat if you're watching, say, yes, I'm blessed. And so we are blessed. God wants us to share and to give and to realize how blessed we are, right? Sharing our talents and the treasures that we have, realizing they're not just for me. The gifts and the talents, it says to serve each other well in the gifts and the talents and the resources that you have. We're not to use our gifts and our talents to serve our own agendas, to serve me, myself, and I. Your gifts are going to bring you joy. Being up here and preaching and teaching every week, it's it's one of the gifts that the Lord has given me, the the gift of being able to, to teach and to preach, to be excited about the Word of God and the people of God. It's just one little gift, and it's, it's the most exciting thing that I really get to do each and every single week. But it's, and it gives me joy, but I have to remember it's not about me, right? It's about what God wants to do in and through me for something bigger. And so if you're a teacher, if you're a preacher, I'm talking spiritual gifts now, if you're an evangelist, if you have the gift of, of hospitality or for serving, or for sharing. Use that gift well to serve others, to serve one another. It's going to bring you joy, but it's not 
about us, right? First Peter 4.10 says, share your gifts well. So are you sharing your gifts? If you're musically talented, have you met with Rob yet? If you are technologically uh, talented, have you met with somebody who sits in the back booth yet? Brittany or Drew or Matt? If you feel like the Lord has placed something inside you to preach and to teach, have you come and saw me yet? Because I'll give you some opportunities. Right? Jesus said the whole point of the lampstand is to be in the center of the room to dispel darkness. Each and every one of you is a light for Christ. So why would you bushel that gift, that lamp, that light? If you have a gift and you're not using it, step into faith, please. Step into faith. And God's going to use you to bless others and to serve others and to share with others what God has done for you. This is what's really cool when we share and serve others. What happens is we allow our blessing to become somebody else's. When you share and serve in the gifts, talents, resources that you have, when you share it, what happens? That blessing is multiplied. It's multiplied and it, and it helps and it encourages and it invites others to see God for who he is and invites others to see you as a child of God. And it draws people closer in relationship. And when that happens, what happens? Heaven comes to earth, guys. Amen. Heaven comes to earth. Just like those new believers in Acts 2. Heaven came to earth. That's the will and the vision of God. People living together, not worried about this or that or this and that, just coming together, worshiping God, sharing and serving each other with what God has given them. And heaven comes to earth. Look at 1 John 3, 16 through 18 and see what it says. It says at verse 16 there in 1 John. This is 1 John 3, not, not John 3. It says, we know what real love is because Jesus came up, gave up his life for us. Right? We know what real love is because Jesus gave his life for us. Does anybody believe that? Right? So, there's a so. Somebody say so. If we believe that, we recognize that, we've experienced that, we also ought to give up our lives for who? Our brothers and sisters. What's the title of this message? Brothers Keeper. And I said for, for, for uh, the sake of woke standards, I don't need to backtrack and say brothers and sisters every time, right? Y'all get it. We're talking about both men and women. But right here in Scripture it says... We ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Let me stop there for a second. So if I see the need and I ignore the need, I've heard the voice of God and I ignore the voice of God. It says, how could the love of God be in that person? Look at verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth 
by our actions. Right there in the Word of God, I feel like I say this all the time, let's do more than just tell people we love them, let's show them, and there it is, right? In 1 John 3, love, let our love not just be something that we proclaim, but let it be something that we put on and, and actively live out and use to bless others, right? If we see the need, let's meet the need. What do we say? Love does. Love simply does. And so if I say I love God, that, that means I have, to, I have to show it. I, I have to do something. It, has to pour, it should pour out of me the love that I have, that I profess, that I proclaim. So the love that I have and profess and proclaim for my brothers and sisters, it, it should pour out of me in some kind of physical, tangible way. Look at that next point. So sharing and serving is to be done individually and corporately as the church, right? You don't need anybody's permission to help somebody in need, but sometimes we do need each other to meet the need. I said today that you don't have to have a position or a title at this church to provide ministerial care. So it's our responsibility as believers and children of God to see the need and meet the need the best that I can. Here's the cool thing. God calls us individually to do that, but then he also raises the standard in the bar for the church, the global church, for us to do that same thing. So we're all supposed to be, to be providing that, that love and that ministerial care for people that we come in contact with on a daily basis, putting out little fires, so to speak, that the enemy sets, but then collectively as a church, there's a bigger vision and a bigger plan and a bigger mission really that God wants us to do together to continue to provide a, to a need. Did y'all know that we, we help a village in Lear, Uganda, right, of albino-born kids in Africa? And if you're born albino in Africa, they kill these kids. They're born, they're born real pale white. And so we've partnered with a village in Lear, Uganda, and we are not just helping and serving and sharing what we have with those kids, but we're raising them up to be protected, raising them up in the truth, and we're not just raising them up, we are equipping them to know who they are in the, in the eyes of God, in the image of God, right? So that's something that we collectively do together. Right? So we each individually have a responsibility, but get this, together we can take Jesus farther. Ian can't, can't provide that ministerial support in Lear, Uganda by himself, but with all 54 of y'all here today, we can do something. We can take Jesus farther, not just farther into the ends of the earth, but farther into the heart of man, Right? farther into the heart and into the mind of men and women for them to know that they're loved by God. And not just telling them all the way over in Holly Pond, Alabama, say, hey, we see you over there in Lear, Uganda. God loves you. And they're over there starving, hurting, broken, running for their lives. Does telling them I love you really help them a whole lot? That kind of steps on them a little bit. But now if we all come together and get some resources and some supplies and we send it off, FedEx, first class, and it shows up at their doorstep on their, their dirt floor in Lear, Uganda, 
and it says from Liberty Church, Holly Pond, some food and some supplies that they need, what's going to happen? They're going to be jumping up and down for joy. We answered their prayer. We felt like the Holy Spirit pressed upon us to give this to you. And what happens? Their lives are raised. They're elevated. What happened? Our blessing became their blessing. Our blessing, I told you, tell your neighbor you're blessed. Don't ever tell yourself, oh, I can't afford to give. You can afford to give Amen. into the kingdom of God. Amen. Because you don't even know what being poor is. Amen. Go to Lear, Uganda, and you'll find out what poor is. God wants our blessing to become somebody else's blessing. Amen. And that's how we share and show love and support for our brothers and sisters. Y'all, our compassion and our empathy is our duty. And it really stamps us as children of God or not. If I don't have any compassion and I don't have any empathy, all I have is judgment, judgment, judgment. Oh, you're a sinner. You're, you're this. Yes, we need to call out sin for what it is. But Jesus had compassion and empathy. What does empathy mean? Putting myself in somebody else's shoes. I need to remember where I was. We all had a pigsty, right? And having that empathy and compassion that says, you know what? God loved me. I'm thankful God loved me. And so give them grace, right? Share and love and support and pray for. And guys, that's what's going to speak louder than anything else that we could say or do is going to be our empathy and compassion demonstrated. In the world, that's going to speak louder than anything and make the biggest impact for the kingdom of God. Look at Matthew 25, 34 through 40. It's not on your paper outline, but the Holy Spirit wanted me to change this for us today. And so here at the scripture, at the end of the, the, at the, end of the gospel of Matthew, Jesus is talking about judgment day. And he's, he's teaching the disciples, and this is, this is what he says is going to happen. So get this. Verse 34, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are, what? Blessed. blessed. Who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink, or a stranger, and show you hospitality, or naked, and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did this to the least of these of my who? There it is. When you have done this to my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Do you believe that you can be your brother's keeper? Do you believe that God actually calls us to be our brother's keeper? And Jesus was very specific in that ministerial care that he talked about. So when was the last time we fed somebody? 
When was the last time we gave somebody a drink? When was the last time we invited someone into our homes? When was the last time we gave somebody some clothes? We're going to give somebody some shoes in Jesus' name in a few weeks. When's the last time you cared for somebody sick? When's the last time you got signed up with the prison ministry and went into the jails and loved on those that have done some terrible deeds? Jesus said, when you do it, I tell you the truth, to the least of these, you, my brothers and sisters, you're doing it for me. Caring for our brothers and sisters is not just our responsibility, guys, but it's our calling. It is your calling and it is my calling. And if we fail, not only are we letting them down, we're letting God down. Sharing and serving others is how we show God that we love him. Jesus said, when you do this to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it to me. So if I see a need, fail to meet the need, I show God that I don't love him. Do you see that? Is that making sense? Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? You think you're getting back at your brother, you're getting back at your sister, you're just too busy, you're just too that. No, when you do that, you're not showing God that you love him. Because Jesus said, when you do it to them, you've done it to me. Who wants to love God? I got to love my brothers and sisters that I can see before I can love a God that I can't see. All right, look at that last point, the last point for today. Last point for this sermon series. So the church creates a conduit for us to share and serve that goes beyond our individual reach and empowers us to touch our world in a significant way. This joint effort strengthens the church and reaches the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think of the church as a conduit. What does that mean? As a, as a vessel, as a pathway, as the quickest way for the love of God to travel into the world. A conduit, a, a conductive not just place, a physical building, but a conductive, living, breathing being, a vessel of God to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen. To not just proclaim the love, but to show the love. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's a conduit for the love of God to travel from heaven through us into the world. We said it's our individual responsibility to do that, but then collectively as a church, we can take Jesus Farther and make significant impacts and for the power of God to be manifested in and through the world. If we are too self-centered to see the needs around us, not only are we just missing the mark, we're missing opportunities to change lives. The cool thing is when we answer that call and hit the mark, not only are we changing lives, but the church is strengthened. We become strengthened when we meet the need. We were like, oh my gosh, God is so awesome. We're meeting the need in Lear, Uganda. We're meeting the need in Holly Pond, Alabama. We're meeting the need in Arab, Alabama. God is so awesome. And it strengthens us. It strengthens you. It strengthens me. It keeps us fired up and energized and excited about the kingdom of God, right? And say, so, you know what? God can use us. A perfect God using imperfect people to enact his perfect will. And his perfect word. Jesus said that I, I, I will finish what I started. I will perfect 
what I start. So let him start that in us, and then he will finish it through us. Right? Look at Matthew 10, 38 through 40. And this is really, this whole message, a brother's keeper, is really narrowed down to this verse, I believe. And it says this, If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, Jesus is talking about himself, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. Anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. At the end of the day, this whole message about being our brother's keeper is about getting past myself and saying, you know what? My life is no longer mine. And if I want to find life, I got to lose my life inside the life of Jesus. Jesus said there's no greater love than to lay one's life down. He laid it down for us. Now, maybe we can't physically lay our lives down for somebody, but you know what? You can lay your life down in about a hundred different ways of sacrifice for your brothers and for your sisters. We talked about it. Giving your time, giving your money, giving your resources, going and visit them, helping them if they're sick, feed them if they're hungry, give them something to drink if they're thirsty. I know something that'll satisfy the word of God. We're all starving for truth, and it's right here. I got a meal for you, but I got to get past myself. I got to lay my life down and take up Jesus's life on a daily basis. See the need, be in prayer, have the Holy Spirit help me. See, our faith must be about God and about others. When we love God and others more than ourselves, real faith happens. When I love God and others more than I love myself, real faith happens, and he will then begin to use us. Man, who wants to be used by God? Man, no greater calling. Nothing that's going to give you more joy when you're being used by the king of kings. Man, that's awesome. So church, if you want to be used by God, start small. The smallest task of all. Be your brother's keeper. Be your sister's keeper. Lay your life down and take up his and allow him to use you. Amen? Y'all join me in prayer today as we close. Father, Lord, we love you. God, and we thank you. Thank you for this amazing message and word. I pray and hope that something I said that you said through me would stick to us and that it would challenge us to go deeper with you through our relationships with others, that you would bless us, continue to bless us and our faith so that we can be blessings to others, so that we can share that blessing in the world around us. There's no greater calling, Lord, than to be called a son and daughter, the Most High. I pray this in Jesus' name. If you are here today in the sanctuary or joining us online and you're born again, you have your relationship with Jesus on a daily basis, you've said that prayer, you know where you would go today if you got to a car wreck today or something happened, you got, God forbid, you got sick. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, right now I want you to do something for me. I want you to pray for the lost, please. Pray for that person right now that doesn't know. 
Pray for that person right now that is struggling. Pray for that person right now that is hurting and broken and crying out that they would not get judgment, but that they would get the mercy of God, that they would come and see that God is real through his son. Thank you for praying that. The flip side of that, if you're here today or watching this online, and Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, if you're broken, if you say, I'm miserable, I'm depressed, I, man, I need to be saved, I need to be born again today, man, I want to change that, and there's no better time than right now. So if you want to say that prayer, you want to get born again, you want to enter into the kingdom of God, become a brother and sister in Christ, I want you to do something for me. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for God to know that he can see you, that you're hearing what he's saying to you. What I want you to do is, right now I want you to physically stand up if you're in the sanctuary. Stand up for Christ. He went to a cross and died and bled for you. The least you can do is stand up. You do it every single day without thinking about it. Right now it's going to matter. It's going to mean something. Don't worry. No one's looking at you. We're praying for you right now. I'll give you a few more moments if you want to do that. If you're joining us, watching online, put something in the chat, please, if you're making that decision. Say, I am praying this prayer today. I'm accepting Christ. Amen. I'm accepting Christ. Your life will change in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, no one is physically standing in our sanctuary, but somebody could be making this decision online. I can't see them. So what I want to do is I want to lead us on a prayer. And let's say it together, loud and proud today. So Heavenly Father, we love you. We trust you. We believe in you. And now we confess in you that you're Lord and Savior of my life. Please forgive me of my past and redeem my future. Send your Holy Spirit as a helper to help lead my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Good thing. So awesome.